Lord, I'm in awe of you as a heavenly father on Father's Day. Lord, that you have poured out your love for us and you sent your son to die for us. Mm. Lord, that is an amazing gift. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Do take uh, a seat. Um, Howard is going to come and uh, read to us. Um, and uh, so if you want to come forward, Howard, and then Eddie will uh, come and uh, preach. Good evening to you all. Um, the reading comes from Ephesians, chapter 5. And this is verses 8 through to 21, and you can find that on page 1176 in your Pew Bibles. Few were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I found out what pleases the Lord. It's nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit one another to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. Thank you, Howard, for reading. Good evening, everyone. Nice to see you all. Um, Well, the way you walk, apparently, um, says a lot about your personality. Did you know that? The way you walk says a lot about your personality, according to researchers. Both pace and stride length um, appear to indicate the levels of the five personality traits that they box into extroversion, uh, conscientiousness, openness, agreeableness, and neuroticism. don't know what your work, uh, your walk says about you. Um, but it's true, isn't it? The way uh, you walk says something about who you are, and it's no different in the, the Christian life. The way that we walk as Christians um, says a lot about uh, how we are children of God. 
Ephesians 5 is actually um, peppered with the language of walking. It's not that clear sometimes in the, in the NIV, but it is there. As children, we're called to, to walk as light, to walk in wisdom, and to walk with thanksgiving. That's the outline um, of where we're going. If that's useful to you, there's, a, there's an outline of that in the bulletin. But uh, please keep your Bibles open at page 1176. That will be helpful as we go through this. Let me just take a moment to pray for us. Our God, our Father, we thank you um, for lifting our hearts and our voices already this evening in praise and worship of you as we're singing to one another and to you. And we pray now as we look at your word together, again, you'll lift our hearts um, to you and to see what you are saying to us. May your spirit be at work amongst us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So firstly, um, God's children walk as light. Um, Verse 8 says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Now, notice firstly firstly there, it doesn't actually, it doesn't say um, you were in darkness or you are now in light. Um, It's actually saying you were darkness itself, and now you are light itself. That's really strong, isn't it? It's very important because it's important just to note that because the difference um, between a Christian and, a, and an unbeliever is not one of, of scale, but one of status. It's a, it's a status thing. You are either darkness or you are either as light. Um, yes, of course, there is a journey for us to take in our Christian life. But you are either a Christian or you're not a Christian. Uh, there's no nearly... There's, there's, um, there's, there's no scale, there's, there's no degree of a Christian. You either are or you aren't. You are the, uh, as light. And I, I rather like um, the story C.S. Lewis used to, to try and explain this a little bit. Um, he, he imagined, and I probably may have shared this already with some of you, um, imagined you were uh, on a journey um, from London to Edinburgh. Uh, and you take the sleeper train um, on that journey, and you set off in England, and you arrive in Scotland. You're in a different country. Some people on the sleeper train know exactly when they crossed the border, um, and others didn't quite realize it at the time, but they crossed the border. Perhaps they fell asleep or dozed off. But you know you're in a different country, don't you, because there's shortbread, and there's whiskey, and there's all those other good things about Scotland. I'm sorry if you're Scottish and terribly stereotyped it. But it's the same for a Christian. It's not a scale. Yes, there is a journey to be had, but it's not a scale. You are either in a new kingdom, a kingdom of light, as light, or you're not in that kingdom. So there's no such thing as a halfway Christian. And it goes even deeper, doesn't it? Because um, it's about a change in nature. It's about a change in nature because it says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light. A whole new creation. Uh, Before we trust Jesus Christ, darkness was at the centre of of us and of our being. At the centre of us is our sin. And we've mentioned it. The Bible says our, our sin isn't so much, I've got to be careful how I say this, isn't so much our lying and gossiping and cheating and all those things. No, they are sins. Don't let me delude you of that. It's not so much that in the sense that 
the essence of sin, what's behind all those things, is a heart that is dark. A heart that says, I'm in charge. A heart that says, I want to do things my way. A heart that says, I want to shove off God. Um, Burger King, which I have to confess I used to like a lot of, (laughs) used to have its slogan as, um, have it your way. And I think they changed it recently, a few years ago. Does anyone know what it is? Who dares to say they're from Burger Go to Burger King? It's be your way. Be your way. It's very similar. But marketing experts have poured millions into these research to, to, to discover that how they can encapsulate and get to the heart of what people want, to be your own way. Um, and the Bible says sin um, is like that um, before we come to Christ. So Christianity is about this new heart, isn't it? This, this new uh, being uh, now as light. And it's not a scale. Um, it's, it, it's not about being, in a sense, on your way to being good or nice. It's about being light in the Lord. Now, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you um, tonight, as if you're a believer? It means, it says here in verse 8, we're to live as children of light. Now, it, actually, in the, in the original, it actually says, uses the word walk, and it's not translated here, but it's walk as children of the light. Don't run, don't dawdle. It sounds like what the headmaster used to say. Don't walk, don't run. Don't run, don't dawdle. Just walk steadily, consistently as children of the light. As verse 9 tells us, for the fruit of light consists of, in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. It's imperative upon us to find out what pleases God. Now, what's this fruit of the light? Now, imagine you've been to Bar- B and Q- you've been to sorry you've been to Burger King, and then you nip into B and Q. So this is my cycle of life. Um, <laughs> you you nip into to B and Q on a sunny day. And you buy two sapling um, trees, like you do when you're in older and middle class and all that sort of thing. Um, you're buying two little saplings of tree, and you buy an apple tree, and you buy a laburnum tree. Now, an apple tree, you can eat the apples, can't you? But you don't get them till later on. And likewise, a laburnum tree, you must never eat the fruit of a laburnum tree. Okay, it's poisonous. Okay, now... Unfortunately, in the, the haste, the labels fall off in the car on the way home, and you don't know which one is which, unless you're trained eye, I suppose. But how are you going to tell them apart? Well, what do you do? You, you plant them, don't you? And, and you, you wait, and you see what fruit comes. What do they produce? Now, often we can't tell a heart of darkness or a heart of light, but eventually things will always run their course, and time will tell. By their fruits you will see. So you will know by, you know, about 15 years down the line what the tree produces. If we walk in truth, say we take the example here of truth, there's others of righteousness and other. If we're a truth teller, truth in the short run sometimes doesn't bear that much fruit, does it? It actually can be quite hard to tell the truth. Um, to let your yes be yes and your no be no, Sometimes telling lies can seem easier and seems more expedient. Um, and in the, uh, you know, the, but the, the truth of it is we know that 
That will find us out, won't it? It always finds us out. The, the fruit of it, in the long run, will appear. Pain and destruction in our family lives and in our work lives. So walking as light also means, verse 11, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Now that word expose can feel a little bit like that we're supposed to go around um, pointing the finger or um, that we're supposed to do some sort of, um, you know, um, uh, uh, kind of rather judgmental pointing out. It doesn't actually mean that at all, the exposing here. The word is more about um, a sense of persuading with evidence. It's that kind of exposing. Um, So it's not about condemning or denouncing. It's about persuasion. What will persuade other people around you um, that you are in the light, as light? Well, you flash the light of the gospel. You flash the light of the good news on them through yourself, through the joy that you have um, in your life, for the attractiveness of the way that you, you live, um, you will seek to win them. That's the way that you persuade people of the light, which your light, of course, is a derived light. Our light is a derived light. It comes from the light of the sun of God, Christ himself. Verse 12 says, For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Why, why is Paul saying that here? Well, as light, you don't even need to really mention the deeds of darkness because your light will persuade with evidence. And so verse 14 says, For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Today we talk about having a, a wake-up call, don't we? Um, uh, but I think, you know, we need a, a wake-up call sometimes as Christians, don't, it? don't we? That we go to sleep um, in our lives, in our Christian walk, um, and we need to wake up from the, the dead, reflecting the light of Christ. So that's the... That's the first one, walking as children um, as light. The second one is that we are children, um, we are God's children, therefore we need to walk in wisdom. Verse 15 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of everything, every opportunity, um, because the days are evil. Now again, um, some translations ha- actually have this as walk circumspectly, walk carefully, not as fools but as wise. It's again, this is the language in here is of walk. Um, walking implies again that day-to-day thing uh, uh, of walking wisely, taking the opportunities around us. Now, wisdom, what's wisdom all about? Sometimes we talk about we need to be wise, don't we? But what does it mean? Wisdom in the Bible has so many different dimensions to it and facets to it. It's a bit like looking at a diamond, you know, with a light going through. It has so many different aspects to it. In Proverbs alone, there's about six or seven different words for the word wisdom. So it's a multifaceted thing. Let me just give you three um, here to to help us think about what wisdom is about. And the first is liqua which means learning. It even sounds a bit like learning. There's, a, there's an aspect of wisdom which is about learning. Learning a lot of truth about God. 
Proverbs 4, 2 says, I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. It's to do with understanding. It's to do with grappling with truth, the truth of God, the will of God. What does he want for me? It's going back to that finding out what pleases the Lord. A fool is someone who isn't like that, who's rather impulsive and doesn't think about what God is actually saying and will not operate on the basis of that revealed truth to us, of God's will to us. And the fool is someone who gets kind of swept along with the kind of externals. For example, um, sometimes people will say things like, they don't say it to me very often, but they say, um, wasn't he a dynamic preacher, powerful a communicator and, and very impressive? And then you ask that person, well, what was it, the specific thing that, that, that impressed you? Oh, I don't know, but he was powerful and he was impressive and he spoke powerfully. But what was it? And sometimes I can't actually tell you what it is. It's an amazing um, passage to think about um, this sort of wisdom uh, of learning. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, that great passage which contrasts human love with godly divine love and it says there one of the phrases about love it says love what does love do it rejoices in the truth love rejoices in the truth that showing us something about wisdoms love rejoices with the truth not simply about saying love 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 is all you need it's about understanding what love is really about and love delights in the truth. And over and over again, it's no, we need to know how love operates, what God's love is like, the truth of God's love, how it is pure and how it is good and how it knows what is right. And the Bible teaches a truth-centered love. And that's wisdom about learning what love is about. Love and truth comes together when you start walking in that way, you're being wise. There's a kind of love, I think, knocking around that is not wise. Um, this is the kind of um, lequa wisdom, learning love that we need. Love in truth. So lequa learning truth, centered uh, wisdom. The second one is Haskell, which is a rather different type of wisdom, which is to do with um, the wisdom of practical wisdom. Haskell, which a practical wisdom. So an example would be in Proverbs 10.2. Ill-gotten treasures are of no value, but righteousness delivers from death. So for, in a sense, for disobeying God, it's saying here, is extremely short-sighted. It is actually not practical to do that. The practical thing, the wise thing to do, is to think about the future that delivers from death, the ultimate foe. So in the end, it's actually a very practical, the most practical thing, the most pragmatic thing to do is to follow God. That is being wise. Wise, why? Not for the short term necessarily, because it might not be easy, but for the long term, the thing that will last, the long haul. Haskell, wisdom. Um, the last one I want to just mention briefly is um, the wisdom around Binar. Binar, which is the wisdom of insight. 
probably the one that we tend to think of more naturally when we think of, of wisdom. Um, it's to do with character. Um, it's about making distinctions and seeing nuances and differences. And so an example in Proverbs 16, 16 would say, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose insight, binar, rather than silver. It's to do with insight. Let me try and sort of flesh it out a bit more an example. Hannah is my wife, Hannah, because there's so many Hannahs. Um, Hannah, number five. I don't know what number she is. Um, Hannah, Hannah, my wife, as you know, is a Pilates instructor, and she's also a, a fully qualified physiotherapist, although she doesn't um, practice now. And one of the things I've noticed is almost instinctively, she can be walking down the street, somebody passes us, and she turns to me and says, did you see that person, how she walked? And I go, what? The person who's just walking normally past me. <laughs> and um, the thing that is, she says, oh, did you not notice she had a prosthetic leg? I was like, no. <laughs> um, that's, been, that's insight, isn't it? Because she's able to make the distinctions. There's no obvious evidence to anybody else, but she knows the signs of why, what she can, she can tell it. And, of course, the, the opposite thing can happen. Um, that's been our, you know, when she's at home and I'm watching cricket on the, on the, on the, on the, on the TV and, um, and I watch an amazing ball and the ball dips into the batsman on the seam and then leaves him and swings him away. And I go, Hannah, did you see that ball? And she goes, what? You know, it's the same kind of thing. She doesn't have the insight, in the sense, of that game. Because she, hasn't, there's, there's, she doesn't know the game. There's, there's that sense of insight. Um, wisdom is about taking all these things and making these distinctions. Seeing things that no one else can. And if you and I are walking in wisdom, we will firstly learn the truth. We'll bring that into our life, the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word. We'll be obedient to him in that practical sense for the long haul. And then as we do that, we develop this moral insight and character and ability to walk circumspectly, putting our feet one in front of the other deliberately in life and living a life of light as children of God. It doesn't happen instantly. It's not always easy. But Jesus Christ is, the, is wisdom personified. Tells us that in um, 1 Corinthians. And he's the only one who can make us truly wise. And so we need to walk in him and to learn uh, and model our lives on him, the way of wisdom. As verse 17, it says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand, that the Lord, understand what the Lord's will is, You've got to understand what it is. How are you going to know unless you're looking at it? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, by contrast, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. How can we be filled with the Spirit of God? How can we do that individually? But importantly, how can we do that together? And And Neil drew that point out at the very beginning. And that's our final point. We need to walk with thanksgiving. Be filled with the Spirit, verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. That's that vertical dimension. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submit to one another out of reverence and to Christ. That's what we do vertically 
Uh, no, horizontally, I can't get my... You know what I mean. I can't get my dimensions right. Um, God, notice here, God is at, the, at his core, at his essence. God is three persons. Did you notice that, how Trinitarian that last little passage was? It talks about um, God uh, being filled with the Spirit. It talks about God the Father... Um, giving thanks to him for everything, and it talks about reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ and doing everything in his name. It's tremendously Trinitarian, which means that in God there is relationship in himself, is at his essence. He is relationship, he is community, put it bluntly, um, all mentioned together. And so just as God is relationship, we as his children walk in relationship with one another. Um, and that really means it's really important that we meet together to do that, to sing together, to read God's word together, to pray together, that we do that together. To, why? Yes, there is the vertical element, but there is so much about the horizontal that we're encouraging one another to walk as children of God. How exciting is that? Saying, yes, we have a great God, don't we? Don't we? We have a great God who saved us. And from our sin, and we're going to spur one another on to great things and to witness to him, to be his light in this world. So can we encourage each other to do that? As we walk together, we do this with thanksgiving. Always, always giving thanks, it says. I don't know about you, but I sometimes forget to give thanks for things. That's why we have to tell children, isn't it, over and over again to give thanks. The word gratitude comes from the word grace. We have been shown grace in so many ways that Jesus Christ has died for us, that Christ shed his blood for us, that he has risen again, he's given us new life, he's given us his spirit. There's a thousand different ways in which we can give thanks. So as we walk... We should be children who walk as light, in wisdom and with thanksgiving. Amen.